Welcome to the Escapist Corner. This is a podcast where we talk about lifestyle, sport, and entrepreneurship. We hope this can give you some inspiration to your daily life and also make you some good ideas um, based on where you are in your life. We're going to talk to uh, successful businessmen, coaches, sportsmen, athletes, doctors, what have you. Uh, please feel free to uh, look at our homepage, escapistcorner.com. There you find the, the links to Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening! Welcome, dudes and dudettes. This is the fourth episode of the Escapist Corner. Wow. Today we meet Carl Diel. He is an actor, dancer, father. He's represented Sweden in the World Cup of Taekwondo. He has a CrossFit box. He's a former. He's a games athlete. He's probably win the games um, next year. Uh, you will hear more about that in the podcast. Um, it's actually much easier to say what he's not. He's not an astronaut. Okay. Anyhow, in this podcast, he shares what happens with his life when it crashed and how it was to be on the on the bottom, and also what actually saved him. If you like this guy as much as we do, then please let him know. You will hear what what his uh, Instagram is at the end of the show. And remember, have fun, work out, and look better naked. Welcome to the Escapist Corner. Uh, we are having an eminent guest from Sweden this time. He is uh, famous for a lot of things. Um, in, uh, in Sweden, um, for me as a Swede, I've, I've grown up with this guy on television um, in many different, <laughs> uh, different packages. And um, yeah, he's a founder of a CrossFit gym, uh, one of the first CrossFit gyms in Sweden. He's written a book. He's an actor. He's uh, uh, he's a uh, father. He's in uh, everything as an entrepreneur. Um, a lot of lot of things going CrossFit on. Gym athlete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite a quite a big CV. You have yeah, yeah, exactly. So let us uh, welcome uh, Carl Dial to the Escapist Corner. Hi, Carl. Hi, and thank you for reaching out. I'm uh, so excited you. to be part of Escapist. Uh, thank you for joining, for having, uh, give me some time for a pretty, pretty much with all this resume, pretty much a pretty tight schedule. So thank you very much for joining us. You, you do what you like to do. You, get, you make time, you know, if it's, you know, and, and I like talking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. Well, that's a common thread we've been listening to our uh, other other guests. It's like you create your own time, and you are do the things that you love, and that's part of a, yeah, how to live a happy life. It's been a common thread in the last couple of uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're talking about uh, the 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 happy life, how to, how to manage how to manage that. Um, so, uh, pe- for people um, that now encounter Carl for the first time outside of Sweden. Um, who is? Uh, can you tell a bit about your background? How did you? Because um, uh, you're not even born in Sweden, right? Well, I'll try to keep keep it short. And and uh, I, I was born in England. Uh, I have a West Indian father and a Swedish mother. That's eventually how I ended up in Sweden. But we moved uh, to the West Indies. I lived there for a few years, and then I came to Sweden. I think when I was 11 years old. 
Um, I had dance and music uh, read for me from my my father. He's a musician and an artist, and my my uh, siblings, my sisters, they're also into singing and dancing. So that was a natural choice for me. Uh, but I was always interested in, in sports, so I I did all kinds of sports: it was football, ice hockey, handball, um, even chess. <laughs> uh, not as physical, but uh, yeah, sport for the I, mind. I was into sport, and it was part of my identity because I I couldn't speak the language. So it was uh, became very important for me to, uh, you know, um, be part of the space, sort of. And uh, people knew me as the guy that ran fast, could jump high, uh, could dance, and and so forth. So that made my career choices really. Yeah. And then uh, eventually, um, I started working as a dancer. The the, the street dance uh, kind of uh, hit Sweden big time as well. And I was part of that uh, first um, staggering years, um, and uh, yeah, I've been been working as a dancer. I tried to keep uh, the athletic side um, on par with that, but it was hard because I had to pay the rent. And uh, um, the, right back then, I was doing martial arts, and it wasn't really paying my rent. Even though I had a club, I had 450 uh, pupils, and so forth. Um, but my my artist career took off, um, but then I, I hit a few, quite a lot of injuries. Um, I had two slip discs. I had a vertebrae that was slipping. I, I uh, had a broken hip. Uh, so many things happened to me. So it kind of broke me down, and I it hit nearly hit a full stop. And it also affected me mentally, of course. Who am I now? So it was a long way back uh, trying to suss out who I was and, and part of it was um, I, I started working out at uh, a friend's place. Uh, he was actually a pupil of mine in, in the Taekwondo before, but he was into BJ now, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I could do this because I couldn't stand up. Uh, I could only lie down. So we were doing a lot of wrestling and he introduced me to CrossFit around 2005, uh, told me about this uh, home site, CrossFit.com. Uh, it wasn't really advanced. Uh, a home site, but it was really interesting what they were doing there, uh, and uh, I, I really liked doing the gymnastic stuff in rings and because I could do that. And then eventually he said, "You have to try to squat," and I couldn't squat. I couldn't control my left leg. So in the beginning, I, was, I just had a broomstick and I was trying to descend in with control onto a stool, onto a chair or a box, and that took uh, like two months for me to be able to control the descent with a broom broomstick. You know. And then eventually I could do that, and then I could stand up with the broomstick. And I remember the first time I, I actually had a, a real barbell on my back. It was a real, you know, <laughs> And now I'm squatting, now I'm deadlifting, now I'm jumping, now I'm competing, now I'm, I'm teaching other people, you know, how to move. And that's just a big thrill for me. Yeah, I mean, isn't that uh, like an inspiration for someone uh, out there saying, yeah, you know, I always had problems with my ankle, so I can never be good at something. <laughs> and, here, and here you have some guy that had broken his entire body to pieces. And, yeah, and it's not only me, you know, I've, uh, you, you um, humble yourself when you, when you get into these situations uh, and you meet so many other people with, with uh, you know, even worse problems, you know, and... and it doesn't stop them, and it, it you know it just inspires you to want to do more yourself as well. And and you know you look at your body as a as a gift, you know you and and you uh, 
it's 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 something you want to take care of because you don't take it for granted. So you're doing the best you can with what you have. So yeah. that's what I'm still doing. You know, I'm 50 today, and and a lot of my friends that I went to school in you know, with, uh, they're not moving, and uh, you know, it becomes a problem, uh, as you were you suggested as well. Um, so, you know, it becomes more important every year, you know, to keep active. Yeah. Yeah, but then um, just a small following up with this story of yours. Um, so many people, and you see these two as a, as a box owner, you see yeah. people getting into the door and saying, no, I cannot do this. I've never done it before. I cannot do it. Uh, I never squat. And because the image you see at CrossFit, when you Google CrossFit, you see these huge monsters doing crazy things. You see, you see Carl is, there. Yeah. <laughs> so you say, okay, this is, this is the 0.1%. We all know that. We know that. But uh, what's your approach for these people? I mean, what do you say? What's this, you, you have experience, you have your own experience taking two months to get down control to, with, a broom, with a broomstick. So how you can relate to that story and tell people, yeah. hey, just try it. Just get into the door, get yeah. your shoes on and try it. How, how, yeah. What's the push? Yeah, sometimes, you know, I, I kind of test them, you know, because sometimes I don't want to complicate it. Uh, um, if I can just get them in a pair of shoes and, and get started, it usually solves itself. You know, wow, this is fun. Or, or you can see where they have movement um, disabilities and so forth. Uh, and, and then you can start addressing them at once. And then they, they see what they can work with. They see what they, you know, um, you know, ups and downs. Like, okay, I, and, and even things they, they didn't think they could do. You know, oh, wow, I can do this. And then I, I work from there. Other times I have to take my own experience or other pupils or, or members that I have, yeah, but I had this guy, he had the same problem, and so, so, so we did this, this, this was the plan. Okay. And uh, then you try to walk them through it, and of course, I've uh, ran into the problem where they've been on YouTube and seen, you know, Rich Froning and all the other guys, and saying, wow, I can't do this, you know, and then you have to break it down and say, well, we're not going there, what's, what's your goal, what do you want to do? Yeah, well, you know, I just don't want to have pain. Okay, we can, we can work with that. You know, and then you start working mobility and and dynamic movements and so forth. Yeah. Which is basically, I think it's the base of it. We do at least we approach is we get 99% of the people. The 1% kind of controls themselves on their own, yeah. but the 99% of people, normal people, is what is the bread and butter of the gym. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, then you do get a you know this uh, the factor of people that think they know what they want to do, think they know what they need to do as well. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a five, ten percent of those as well and you, you have to sort of uh, humble them in, uh, in, a, in a positive way because you don't want to, you know, let them down and say, oh God, okay, I, I can't be this and that or I can't do that and that. Um, so you just have to start building the blocks, you know, the first building block. So whatever you want to do, this is where you have to start. And then after a while, that sort of sorts itself out. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the one percent you're talking about, they've, you know, they were already on the crash course. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to go back a bit, you you, uh, you told us that when you were, when you were in that situation where your body was more or less smashed, you you weren't able to move as you were uh, always supposed to do and always could do, and um, you said you come you came to like a, a mental. Um, yeah, yeah, a very mental setback, I would say, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, just uh, can you can you recall what you kind of what what made you 
come out of that, or what could you, what kind, what kind of thoughts made you come out of that? Well, I, I was quite depressed back then, um, and actually, it was really simple. Uh, actually, just starting, start moving um, was fun, and it, it gave me um, direct um, gratification. Just moving, you know, uh, dopamine and you know whatever it goes on. Um, so I, I was getting the rewards uh, as soon as I started moving again, um, and that made me want to do more. But then it was a social side as well because I started interacting with people because I, I sort of locked myself in. I, I never walked out. I never interacted with people, and suddenly I was thinking about, okay, what are we doing tomorrow? You know, and I had never had that discussion like for two or three years. Uh, what are we doing tomorrow? You know, and I. I heard myself do it and it was echoing like, what did you say? You know, I was actually planning. I actually looking forward to doing something. And, uh, and then my, my main focus, my first focus was not being in pain uh, and being able to get some movement back. And uh, it was helping me, uh, even though it was a slow road, um, uh, I could work on, you know, my upper body was still working, so I could still do stuff and, and then, um, uh, people in the gym say, wow, yeah, you're strong, you know, and that helped, you know, it's, it's good to hear some positive things now and then. And uh, the, the the lower body had to take more time, uh, but eventually I got progress there and that that was mainly the drive. Yeah. Uh, when I got the progression, a lot of my dancer friends were interested in, wow, we see you doing something and, and you're getting good results. Um, so they wanted to tag along. So I had three or four friends tagging along in the beginning, and then we became 20 and 30 in another establishment. So we had to move out. We had to find our own space. So that, that was really the history behind CrossFit Solid as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I, th I think it's kind of inspirational just to going from sort of a rock bottom and then yeah, you, you start to create and influence, also influence other people uh, by just having uh, having this drive and this move, and and then suddenly uh, you're uh, also writing books, right? Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's gotten me to places I didn't think I was going to be. You know, I, I had ne never thought of writing books, but uh, you know this. Um, publisher came up to me and said, wow, we want to, you know, introduce people to CrossFit mainly, uh, even though we can use the word CrossFit. So yeah. this type of training, um, energy systems and, and uh, alternating, the, you know, variation of, of stuff we do in the CrossFit box. Um, so, I, but I wanted to do it um, for people so that they could apply it directly. They could open the book and, and start doing stuff, even though they didn't have the kettlebells, the the bars and so forth they could you know just start thinking the way we, we think yeah. and other things I've, I've uh, won through starting moving again is that I've, I've gotten back into the, my original occupation so I, I you know won back my, my job again I can start I, I dance I sing I act again so I have CrossFit to thank for a lot of things actually Yes, it's part also of feeling, start feeling confident with your body once again, no? Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, acting, I, I'm not an actor, I'm not a singer or dancer, but yeah. I think it's pretty much a lot of uh, self-expression, right? It's a body expression. Excuse me, guys. So you get your confidence back, you get your, your body back in a way, and you, just, you can express it, right? 
Doesn't yeah, it? you know, just that, I mean, I can go a day without thinking about um, my body actually stopping me from doing things, you know. Uh, it, it gives you confidence because you can control, it, it answers, you want to do something and it, you know, it, it sort of follows. And even instinctively, I mean, it, it, it does stuff, you know. But yeah, um, also, I, I, I have one of my big heroes is a guy called Jacinto Bonilla. He's a, a master's athlete. I think he's six, 76 now. Okay. Uh, and I met him the first time at Games 2012. And, you know, I was amazed to see this guy jump around. And there's really nothing, you know, preventing him from doing anything, really. And he qualified for the plus 60, you know, and back then he was 72. He's 12 years older, you know, than all of his competitors. And he was uh, amongst the 20 most fittest plus 60 year olds in the world. And I had to ask what's, you know, what's inspiring, you know, and, and for him, it was, you know, being able to play with his grandkids, you know, and this is, you know, it, it becomes so beautiful for me because it has to do with life quality. And that's what you're trying to imply, you know, uh, the way we move and the, what we do in the box actually gives us, uh, you know, a, a, an ability to um, get that life quality, whatever it is. You know, if, for you, it might be playing golf or just being able to play with the grandkids. Or, no, know. exactly. So, exactly. So, at one stage, I, I think it is, is so two things that relate. One thing is that a couple of years ago, I was watching stats for the Masters <laughs> divisions. Yeah. And I was that I'm, I felt myself quite fit. Uh, <laughs> like you break the background, uh, I can squat, I can deadlift, I can do movements. And yeah. I was getting the standards of the plus 60. So <laughs> that's my fitness level with, compared to an to athlete's case, which yeah. is crazy. And yeah. the other thing is that you see these people, these plus yeah. 60s, uh, and what you were saying, their goals are just to be healthy, or just to play with grandkids, yeah. or just play with their kids, be able to... Uh, get up a tree, get a bike, and yeah, yeah be, go on a ride for the tea with a teenager kid. Yeah, that's the main reason uh, I would say for most of our uh, members. I mean, even if you see spectacular things, uh, hopefully they inspire, you know. Um, but, you know, CrossFit has done a lot when it comes to uh, making people believe things can happen because, I mean, you would never believe people wouldn't believe a 55-year-old woman would be doing muscle-ups, you know, and it's possible, you know, and it does happen. And within a time span of three, four years, you know, everybody's doing this as, as general fitness now. Uh, yeah. We can talk about that. But but the, still, the main drive is, you know, the just feeling good, really, yeah. with yourself. Yeah. yeah. And not in, I'm not talking mainly in an aesthetic way because fitness – uh, has always been projected in in, in aesthetic fitness, like uh, you know, um, so you you need the tan, you know, and yeah. you need. The, we're actually talking about doing things. Yeah. You know. So uh, I have a small uh, s small <laughs> thing to add, and it's that I, I, we 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 run an ad for this for this gym, uh, where we we have a slogan saying like uh, work out, have fun, look better naked. So. Um, <laughs> It's obviously something just to make people laugh or so, and um, yeah, there, there was like someone there uh, who uh, who was, uh, was over Facebook, so she was complaining. She was like, "Don't fall for this. You don't have to be fit to be happy." So, because um, uh, I can un I can understand from her, her point of view and a lot of uh, 
not only women, but men, is that you're always projected with, hey, you have to have the six pack, you have to have this and that. But, um, and this is also something that a lot of, uh, like, customers that come in or members they're like okay uh, I want to, uh, I yeah I feel unhappy with my body I feel unfit and everything do you think I can lose fat is their first question sort of and we know that okay you're gonna you're gonna lose fat yes you're gonna lose fat um, but after a year you're not gonna count your calories anymore that's not no. the thing because then it's going to be about moving. And when you're starting to move and you move enough, yeah, you will have a six pack, but nobody cares. Um, yeah. Nobody cares about that when you get to a certain level uh, of just moving. Just, okay, but this happens. Yeah, and also the more, the more I think this is very, for a very close, because my wife, I'd seen see the story with my wife. The, the fact that first, even before she started CrossFit, I was doing it a couple of months before that. Uh, I just, I was, every time I went back home, I was saying, oh, we did this, we did, oh, we did pull-ups and stuff. Yeah. So we were like, hey, you talk about CrossFit every day, what is it? <laughs> so yeah, you, you have to try, you have to try. No, no, I don't want to get big. Girls are too big and muscles, and I don't want to have a six-pack yeah. and everything. Yeah, <laughs> fast forward a month later, she was, oh, look at this Sarah Sigmund story. She's so cute and so fit and everything. And so the <laughs> complete, the whole perspective of body composition Change. changes right yeah, so i can move and that's it i don't i can play with my two kids and yeah. we get them jumping around me and it doesn't matter if i get more or less muscle um you don't even have to get muscles yeah. or get to fit you're able to move and you're able to resist uh wear yeah. and tear in a way in yeah. a sense so you're so talking, it's essentially talking about that people that walk into our boxes they 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 have a, a, a you know, they, they have an idea of what they want and what they need. And hopefully after three, well, most of the time my experience is after three or four months, they've got so much more, you know, in that package uh, than they expected. Uh, yeah. And usually just a well, more well-being and, and other goals they might twist. And um, if they had uh, things that probably weren't too, um, too beneficial for them, let's say that, um, so I actually think you know people get molded in 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 a, in a way that is is better often because okay it might be I want to lose twenty uh, percent fat okay and then after one month they don't think about fat percentages and calories and so forth and they can move and they feel better and they feel more comfortable and they're learning things they're they're getting yeah I want to learn this I want to do that and and this is so beneficial for our brain as well we're not talking about we're, we're talking about being physical but what it does to our brain to to move and and be um you know, yeah, interested exactly. yeah to, to to learn new stuff all the time is is one of the main reasons people feel good yeah yeah i mean uh, i mean it's it's challenging for the brain and that's why it's such an award when you when you get your first double under we start with that so yeah. Yeah, and this guy, he does his first, or woman does his double under for the first time. It's like, yeah. whoa, I did it, I did it. But yeah, and you go back to work and you realize, okay, if I talk to these guys and I say, I made my first double under today, they're like, what? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> and the same thing when it's too, I mean, if someone makes his first muscle up, it's usually everyone around this person already knows this guy is 
working out a lot and already knows about it. But that first double under, um, yeah. Then you then you see also like the connections happening. And why is the why is the double under important? So the double under is not important in my perspective because it's. Uh, you don't need to have a double under to uh, fight fire in, in your life, right? <laughs> it could have been anything, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more of the, uh, uh, the brain that actually has figured out how to manage a task yeah. that was kind of, kind of uh, hard to, to manage at the beginning and showing I can get there. So. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. And yeah. the next step would be when you see your member actually, you know, teaching this to someone else, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, Wow, you know, first they came in and they said, "Oh, I can't do this. This is impossible." And in two months' time, you know, they're actually coaching someone, you know, and and talking about, "Yeah, I want to take my level one, this and that," you yeah, know, so or yeah. just uh, working out with their with their kids, uh, you know, in the backyard in summer and so forth, and and just being part, you know, and having access to what we've been, you know, what we've got. So, to- talking about coaching, I mean. You uh, you have a kind of a track record also. Um, I mean, you started early with the Taekwondo, and I mean, you were Swedish champion in that also, right? No, actually not. But I, I uh, competed for Sweden. Yeah. Uh, it was actually my my coach was in the same uh, weight level as I was, and he was a double world champion. So I I never got that Swedish championship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you were sparring a lot, no? <laughs> yeah, we were, but that was one of the reasons why I, you know, I excelled because I had the best sparring I could get. You know? Yeah, and um, t- did you take with you that kind of coaching? Because now, also in the CrossFit, you have a lot of good athletes from this uh, rather like small gym in, in Stockholm. If you compare this to like the the gyms, uh, especially in the States and so on. Uh, we got we guys in Europe. We don't have that big gyms in, in comparison. But still, you have I don't know how how many hundred athletes participating at the games every year. No. Uh, we have around fifty participating in in the Open, um, and we we're I think we like two hundred twenty members in our box. So people when when they look at uh, our teams and our individual athletes they think we're a big box you know but when they actually come to sweden and visit our you know whole uh, basement they look around and say well, is this the place you know and um, it's a nice place but it, it's a lot smaller than people have imagined um and you don't have to have a big place to to nurture um good movers uh, good athletes uh of course one of the things is they need good sparring but um we have quite a good um, relationship with the other boxes. So the, the, the elite athletes, actually, we, we you know, the, we welcome them and then we visit other boxes. So it's quite a cool community right now in Stockholm Healthy. And we have one of our neighbors, CrossFit Nordic as well, is one of the, the best boxes in the world as well, yeah. in the same town, you know. So we have that opportunity of like, come over, we, we need some sparring, you know, and so forth. Yeah. So that's how we can maintain that because um, I actually have athletes that have moved because they need different types of sparring. This is very essential to them. Yeah. Um, but um, we, we, it's still about coaching quality, of course, and um, really being uh, wanting to see their needs as an athlete uh, and not only keeping them with you, um, yeah. but actually seeing if I can give 
actually one of our best uh, um, athletes he left for another box because um, and I actually encouraged him to do that because he would get better you know a better environment and, and better support yeah um, talking about this community like this Stockholm CrossFit community which is very very yeah. tight um, we see that that's not quite the case I would say here in Berlin no, not, here, not, 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 yeah, not in um, I, I think there's two places in the world I've already heard about this okay yeah. it's, it's in Sweden and in Denmark and if you go to other places in Europe like um, yeah Germany is a, it's, it's a bit like okay we talk to each other and so on and so on but it's not so much collaboration we now have the open kind of games going on yeah. in berlin where four biggest yeah. boxes are doing this together so it's a fi fine community thing i think yeah. uh but, but if you, the more south you go like in in uh, um in italy for example yeah. They're, they're all like uh, smiling to each other at the faces. This is what they told me. And <laughs> as soon as they turn their back, they're like, that motherfucker. <laughs> so they, it's a lot of like competition between yeah. them. And it's about like, oh, they, they don't have that. No, they don't they have, have that. More members. So my yeah. question goes to what, what is your thought about why you can build this community? In, in, so what, what is created? Because it's a small city, because I don't know the northern yeah. spirit. Well, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I, I try to create a space that I wanted to be in, and mm -hmm. I wanted it to be welcoming. I love when we get guests from from other countries, but even our neighboring boxes, it's it's you know, it's nice. We talk about issues that we all you know, and and I think that's probably why the Nordic countries have excelled uh, in CrossFit. I think the other countries are gonna you know. The, not overtake, but you know it's going to be more even, of course. Uh, but initially, I think it's because we exchanged um, what we knew, you know, and and we learned from each other, and uh, that's why we can grow so fast. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, just just for an example, for those um, like in in other countries, especially I think in the states, where you have a lot of boxes close to each other. And uh, CrossFit Solid and uh, CrossFit Nordic is not far far from if far from each other. Uh, well, I can them, you know, come over. <laughs> yeah, and and then you have uh, uh, the guys on on Södermalm, which is also not far. It's uh, have, you know, for for Stockholm is in a big city, but we have around thirty boxes in the center of Stockholm, and then yeah. if you you know if you expand, you know, we've got even more boxes around the, and close to the Stockholm area. So it's you know. So yeah. some people would say, yeah, but you don't have that um, uh, competition in, in that uh, that means. But we do. You know, I mean, there's a fierce competition out there for members and uh, and so forth. And yeah. who's the best box and this and that. I mean, you know, we'd love to beat CrossFit Nordic. And they'd love to beat us, you know, and we talk about it, you know, but we can laugh about it as well. <laughs> and I and I and they have amazing athletes, you know, and they yeah. inspire. Me. And I train with them, too. Yeah. yeah. When we go to the games together, you know, we, we're tight, you know, and we, we uh, encourage each other and, and give each other technical tips and, and tactical tips and so forth. So, and that, that makes an even tighter bond, you know. Yeah. Now, even, and even for athletes, I mean, normal athletes or pro athletes, doesn't matter. You still get, you get so much from just, if you just train all the time with the same type of coaches and just, let's say, once a month, you just get another perspective from the same movement a new just a new cue when you're doing it okay that's a 
that's gonna, yeah, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna I, break your game right away. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I, I think a lot of myself as a coach, you know, we all do. And then suddenly you have, you know, someone next to you giving them another, the member another cue, you know, and bam, they, they make it, you know, and you go, wow, you know, I've, I've tried for two years. And, <laughs> exactly. and that's, it's natural, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you humble yourself and you learn and, and uh, hopefully you grow and, I mean, but it's organic, you know, it's something that moves all the time. And I, I tend to get into different phases, like a coaching style, now I'm this way, and the next year, you know, I'm more that way. Because it, it's hard to learn everything at the same time. You sort of, you know, move in different areas to and, and try to keep everything and grow and, and grow and grow. So. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, and uh, this also, what I've learned is that, okay, it expands outside only being in that session or in that box because um, I mean this kind of way of thinking because suddenly you have a box people start yeah. start to ask you for guidance for anything right yeah and then you start to think like oh, I haven't thought about that why is that and yeah. so I, I want to kind of make here a, a short path to talking about what you're what you're doing also at the side of the box, because you're you're uh, yeah you're a busy guy. So how how do you manage now to do uh, all these things? I mean now you're 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 on your way to do a, like a seminar thing in in Gothenburg, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I saw something on 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 uh, Facebook about that, and yeah, it's, it's uh, like uh, for Sweden, uh, no names. Uh, I didn't see what kind of seminar it was, but uh, how do you manage to to get all these things done and have the brain capacity to take care of it? So. Well, I, sometimes you know it's it's um, it's a challenge, of course, but they they sort of they're similar, they bleed over to each other, so they're not too far apart, you know. So it's not like I mean, if you're juggling, you know, the balls aren't aren't out in the periphery; they're they're you know they're quite centered anyway. I would say they. They do relate, so it's not hard for me to talk about fitness, and it's not hard to me for me to talk to people what inspires me. Um, it's not hard for me to coach. It, it it all translates into what I do as well as as an artist, because um, that's actually what keeps me going. Um, the, the the main challenge is time, mainly not not um, not mentally. Um, yeah, and, and and it inspires me. We're talking about actually meeting people. So, and if I would stop uh, doing that and interacting with other people, I would also stop growing. Yeah. How, you, how you do the time management? Because that's quite a. How you do, how do you do the time management? You we only have twenty four hours a day, uh, seven yeah. times a week, and we have to manage. I mean, you have to manage the the artist. You have to manage the box, the seminar, yeah. the family guy. I would love to say I have a system. But uh, it's it's a little like uh, hitting a CrossFit one for me. Um, I, I do have a plan. Yeah, I do have a plan, you know, and I and I try to estimate, you know, how much work I'm going to be able to do within that time span, and it, it's always less. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to break this workout in ten minutes after twelve. I oh, damn it! Yeah. I hit yeah. him in the face. This one. Um, so you have. You know, I have to improvise, adapt, and improvise. So, um, but hopefully, I get through ninety percent of the stuff the way I planned, and then the the, the last ten I have to improvise. And yeah. I think most people, you know, it looks like that for for most of us. 
And but the thing is, I don't get worried when I get there. I actually, that's probably the most. Um, um, what what you say, agriculturing, you know, a little piece of time, you know, that those ten percent. That's where I actually learn stuff. You know, when things go as planned, you know, you, you can sort of turn off. No. So, like being there, you know. Wow. Okay, this didn't work out. They're not there. What do we do? We do this. I, I you know, um, it doesn't always fall out well, but most of the times it does. And I think uh, there's there's more work done because I I, I can just sling my thing myself out there. So, um, how um, how does it, like a typical day look for you? Uh, do you have a special like morning routine or so? That's the problem. I don't have a, a typical day. They're, they're constantly varied. <laughs> um, so, but I do have um, experiences of okay, this is this sort of day, and last time I, I sorted it out this way. So I can still put them in boxes and organize the, the days, but uh, they're they're kind of I, I probably have 15 different sort of days that you know just roll and, and come back. So uh, today, for example, I. Um, it's my interview with you. I did some uh, office work before um, hitting town to do my training session, and I'm jumping on the train to Gothenburg. Uh, we have a welcoming um, dinner, uh, and they're going to uh, run us through the tomorrow's um, uh, schedule. And I have uh, a, 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 have a, a class, and I also have this um, lecture as well. And then I'm going back because we're doing the open now, so I'm gonna be coaching and, and judging people at my box tomorrow as well, on Sunday and on Monday. It's the last week, so. Yeah. And then we have a party on Monday, so, you know, we have to close shop in a good way. Yeah, so uh, so you have to also prepare for that, for the yeah. for the party. Yes. Another day could be when I'm working at the theater, if we're rehearsing, I get a training session early, then I start uh, rehearsing from nine to one and then i have a training session again and lunch uh, and then we start rehearsing again from five to nine and then i'm home so i usually try to get in two sessions yeah. you still uh those sessions are coaching sessions right or training sessions no, there's the training sessions uh, you coach still yeah i do coach still okay. um right now i think i have around three or four classes a week before i had most of the classes a week i would have five a day or something like that yeah um but it doesn't always work with that if i have a performance if i'm touring then you know i have to have so that was also how i had to build my business with, with i had to build it with people that could you know chip in and and take a lot of responsibility early mm -hmm. yeah yeah um uh, so so uh just to go down to the details what's your favorite breakfast Oh, you know, I would do, um, I, I love oatmeal, I brought up with oatmeal, but I would mix it up with a lot of different fruits, and, uh, coconut or whatever, you know, and eggs, eggs on the side, I still love bacon, um, that's, that's about it, you know, a lot of fresh food. Yeah. Then do you follow any special diet plan like... Uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I follow my dad's uh, diet plan. <laughs> He, yeah, he has a strict seafood diet. Anything he eats. <laughs> he, gets that, he thinks it's really funny. Um, 
Yeah, so mainly I, I eat anything, but I do know the effects of, of food, and I'm very interested in knowing what, what different foods, um, uh, how and how they affect the body and what they do. So uh, I would still balance what I eat. I would try to vary that as well. I believe in varying uh, nutrition. Um, that's why I'm afraid of a certain diets as well, because I think they're too narrow. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I try to uh, have a broad span of intake of, of different foods, yeah. But that builds upon knowledge, right? I mean, you kind of know what's the result of yes, if you get something. Yes, and I'm a bit lazy because my, my, my wife is a nutritionist. So <laughs> sometimes, you, you know, I just say, hey, what do I need to eat? Or she tells me, eat this, you yeah. know. But but being with her, I mean, we do have a lot of interesting talks. So, so that... Um, she teaches me a lot and I am interested. So I'm making it sound a little bit easy, but um, uh, it doesn't have to be discouraging for a lot of people. Um, you can still give them some basic um, pointers uh, to how to, um, um, yeah, how, how, how to eat mainly. Because yeah. I have this issue with diet. I mean, I understand the benefits of eating clean. Uh, I see the benefits of eating clean, but still yeah. the restriction path, the, no, you should not eat this. You cannot eat this. Come on, yeah. I, lo- I love ice cream. So it's a sunny day. Yeah. I will go and have an ice cream and I will enjoy it. As long as you know. Uh, and, I, and, I, I don't, and I don't want to feel guilty about it. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. But you, you have to know. I mean, if you know what that ice cream is going to do. Um, exactly. It's a choice you make. Okay, but you know, then you're not going to be that that games athlete, maybe. But that not, might be if, your if that's yeah, exactly. But that's uh, you you eat to the choices you make. I guess at the end, it all compounds into what your goals are and yeah. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as sorry. long as you know the arithmetic of behind that, you know. Um, but then again, I'm I'm supporting and I'm promoting health, right? Mm-hmm. So I won't I won't say yeah, eat ice cream. Yeah. Know? It's not every day, Carl. Don't worry. <laughs> it's uh, only sunny days in Berlin, which at the end is like six a year, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but people can be surprised when they see what I have on my plate and they say, plate and they say but wait, aren't you going to compete in games and, and so forth and say, yes? And then I say, but, you know, and then mm-hmm. I have a long <laughs> explanation of why yeah. you can or will do this, you know. Yeah. And then we know this is individual as well. Uh, training metho- methodology has to be individual. Eating uh, meal plans have to be individual. Uh, mainly life has to, has to be individual. Yeah. A different, um, yeah. Yeah, so um, also down to the details, um, when do you go up in the morning? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to sound really boring. That's also very very different depending on what i've been doing if i've been working at night i had a performance and i come home at half past uh, 11 half past 12 i'm going to sleep more because i i do need my rest especially when i'm i'm a 50 year old uh, masters athlete and i you know recovery is even more important for me so mm-hmm. if i don't get my seven or at least eight hours of sleep you know i'm you know i'm going to be deficient uh, the next coming days and i see this in my training as well and that means i have to cut down on training the next day and you know so it, it just goes on and I, I don't want that so i try to get my sleep i try to get my recovery uh so i can train uh sensibly as well yeah don't only say hard <laughs> yeah no it's uh, it's a uh, i mean if you have a constantly varied uh, schedule it's obviously uh requires you to be um, yeah more ready and and to, to take take the action that is needed 
Um, and you manage your own time. Like I would look at a whole month or even a whole cycle of three months and see this is the bulk of work I need to do. So, so if I've done less today, then I know I have to do more tomorrow, etc., etc., etc. So, but there's only a, an amount of catching up that you can do as well. So I have to be aware of that. So uh, yeah. there's no doing things tomorrow. Like uh, you know, if I have the time, I I will do it today. Yeah. Yeah, and you you have to. I think that's one of the biggest issues so many people have is that to really get over the hurdle of. I have to just do it uh, today or now and not yeah. postpone it. Because this is something that I noted like one and a half year, year ago, everyone started to use the buzzword procrastination. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and, and this was, uh, uh, and yeah, people use that word just by using that word so much and becoming a, a buzzword made yeah. me think like, okay, we have some kind of, uh, Epidemia here in in uh, epidemy uh, in in, uh, in our society when people are talking about procrastination as something also sort of a like a cool thing like not cool in that sense but you say it's like saying that you're bad at everything it's easier to say I'm bad at everything and just give up right yeah yeah uh, and this is by using saying ah you know I just I procrastinated I didn't do anything I said at work and just yeah. uh, did nothing and and then same time these these guys and I mean maybe I'm one of those also that says they're like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't make this. Uh, why didn't I make that? Ah, uh, uh, I, I don't, I can't buy uh, this and I can't afford a vacation. I can't afford that. And it's like, but wait, wh what have you done with your time? So yeah. Start, yeah. start to sum up, how many hours do you spend on this, on that? Yeah, exactly. and, don't complain about the results you get for the work you didn't put in. Yeah. So kind of a... Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I find this a problem as well, and, and, and when I talk to, to members about it, because they want to be more efficient or or they have a goal that I see they, they don't have, you know, you don't have the time, you don't have the money, you don't have the circumstances, What what you, you have to change something to, either you have to change a goal or you have to change, and so it, it all boils down to how much you want this and why do you want this, yeah. you know, and, and if it's connected to um, a, a, a Feeling, you know, I, I want to do. It's not I have to do it. It's it's you know. Uh, wow, I'd love to do this. Wow, it's going to work. Yeah. So we, we try to um, suss out how you know how and why do you want this? You know, and if you, when they talk about it, sometimes they they just realize I don't want it. Cool, yeah. we we learned something. Yeah. What do you want then? And then they get closer to that. So even though I have a lot of stuff to do, and and people get scared when they say, yeah, wow, you have to do this. I have to fit this in. I want to do it, you know, and that's the drive I have, you know, 90% of the stuff I do, I want to do, you know, mm. and 10% might be, I have to do, but I also know the reward. So it sort of, you know, gets back into the motor and gives yeah. me energy. It's a virtuous cycle at the end that you yeah. retroalimentate. Retro, yeah. yeah. Retroalimentation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How does it sound? Retroalimentation. Retroalimentation. Yeah. So you Close. get back, yeah. So it's, uh, it's good. Um, sort of recycling. Yeah, you get. Uh, you were talking about the uh, games athlete. Uh, any goals getting back to the games? Yeah, 2018. Okay. Um, I'm I'm uh, injured right now. I, I injured myself at uh, the 2015. You know, 
uh, had to pull out. I was in third place, and and my goal was to win that year, um, and beat Bill beat uh, Bill Grundler. <laughs> I think because and, and you know I mean it's it's not like that. It's it's mostly that you you set goals, you know, and it gives you a drive. And he was the unbeatable athlete, you know, and he actually didn't win that year. It was Matt Swift, an Australian um, brilliant athlete. He really won it well. Um, but I actually beat him in one word and I was happy with that, you know, and he, he sparked and gave me energy and, and belief in that I can actually do this. Um, so I, I wanted to do it this year. Um, I, I, you know, I feel strong and I, I you know, comfortable, but, uh, I know that I'll probably go through the same experience 2015 if I try to do this as well. It's, it's a lot of bashing, you know, and I'm, I'm 50 and I still want to work. So there's, there's a you know, trying to be mature here, you know, as well, you know, and, and wanting to like it, like what I do. And I'm not going to like what I do if I'm too close to that. Um, uh-huh. uh, so I want to give myself an, an op- a real opportunity to succeed. And then I need, you know, I need the time to heal. Yes. Yeah, that, that, we're, talking, we're talking to Marco Casali, which last year he was second in the plus 50 Masters uh, yeah. in the games. And he was saying uh, it's a two-year plan at least. Yeah. So that's the time frame it takes really to get, okay, I really want to go there and I really want to succeed at it. Just being yeah. there, being there is, is, is a succeed in itself, uh, but two years plan at least. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I usually, uh, I, I haven't the goal to go to the games, but uh-huh. I, I've been, um, I, always, I've, I've been always been saying like, like people when they ask, ask me um, about training and stuff and, so on. I, I say, yeah, I have to go train. It's for beach 2018 or something like yeah. that. So I, uh, and they're like 2018. No, it's 17 now. No, no, it's it's yeah. in, it's in it's, it's always in two years. So it's not it's not now. And um, we were also talking about that yesterday regarding um, like when you have younger members that are sub 18, uh, that they want this uh, instant. Uh, gratification that yeah. okay I can do a muscle up first day or I can go up in weight just haven't squatted uh, even 10 times and now I'll have to put more weight so um, and we talked about this is also something in a society that we I think we can dev- devote an entire podcast to is that this kind of no patience uh, yeah. instant gratification society yeah and just- and we 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 just see Everyone that doesn't fall for that is the one who is um, staying, staying more, more healthy and more happy. Um, which brings us to, I, I think, the last part of this, this podcast. And it's, uh, what would you give uh, as like three tips to, to someone to, to get, uh, to get uh, yeah, happy? Yeah, well, you know... It's it's not going to work if they come to me and they ask me what to do, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm always going to bounce back to them. What what do you want to do, and what do you really want to do, and why? If you can also answer why you want to do it, you know, you're probably going to get a lot closer to what you need to do, <laughs> uh, and and your life choices. Um, for example, you you were you were telling me about the young people. I mean, if if we're training for life, life, you know, is is a long longer span. Hopefully, we get to be 70, 80, 90, you know, um, and if, if I'm looking, you know, everything, uh, 
life quality to and everything to support that. That's going to uh, also dictate my choices, uh, what I do today. Um, with with you know when I'm 80 in in, in back of my head, um, also I mean I want some direct uh, gratification as well. Uh, I want to feel good uh, today, um, and I can do stuff for that as well. But I don't want it to be detrimental for, for for so that's one of the reasons I'm not going for the games this year uh, mm-hmm. because it's going to be detrimental for so many other things that I actually nurture and. and and take care of and, and what is life quality you know what do you want to do um, for Jacinto Bonilla it was playing with his grandkids uh, yeah. it might be being able to golf uh, to uh, fly fish uh, whatever so so just get in dig deep and, and see do what do you want to do and uh, why do you like doing it and, and how can we um, make this you know this atmosphere that I'm living in you know more pleasant pleasant space to live in yeah, uh, we created uh, like, or the idea behind Escapist was to have a place where you can go to, to kind of explore yourself and yeah. to be, just be who you are and nothing else. Nothing. Um, you don't have to be uh, have a certain, you know, um, how do you say, makeup or or brand or whatever. Um, but also, it's it's like something that is also outside the box. We thought of is that where where people find peace, right? So, where where do you find your inner peace, or like where where is where do you go, or where is it a spot, or is it a mental state, or something? It's mostly I would say it's a mental state, but I, I would choose different spots depending on what. Um, uh, mental state I am in as well. I mean, training for me is is uh, is meditating for me as well. Um, so and and sometimes I would want to lock myself in, <laughs> you know, and, and and lock out a lot of stuff. But mainly, training works for me. You know, uh, most of my business decisions come in the wad. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sounds strange, but yeah, not any every wad. I mean, if I'm doing Fran, you know, there's not a thought. There's no time for it. But you know, if I'm doing a 5K roll, you know, I can think, I can, you know, do a lot of stuff. A 40-minute, you know, ground or a grinder. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and sometimes I don't want to think about anything. You know, I just mm. want to be focused around one thing. You know, and that gives me a lot of uh, mental rest. Uh, so when I get into a busy mental state, you know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Was that an answer to? No. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I would I would transcribe it like um, to, to get focused on one spot or on one task creates you more space to think of uh, to yeah get further yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. something like that. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, Carl. Um, for the people listening or watching, where can where can they like get to know more about? what you are doing uh, about CrossFit Solid. Um. Well, I'm, I'm doing what I can. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, you have to be more active on, on uh, social media and so forth. But I was, as I was saying, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> so it's, you know, I might post a lot of stuff one week and I might not post anything for a month. You know, that's, that's the way it's going to be for me. Uh, but I do post information. So, you know, yeah, I'm active on Instagram, you know, you can see a part of the stuff I do there, and and basically solid, 
uh, we do since I do have a, a working group there, they're a little bit better on, on posting stuff and, and showing what we're doing. And then hopefully we will send a few athletes to to um, the regionals and hopefully the games as well this year. Uh, we have a lot of workshops. We're trying to um, invite a lot of people to to always you know just grow uh, when it comes to any kind of knowledge. Um, yeah. So uh, they, we we add a link to you, to uh, your guys' profiles there. Uh, yeah, social media's profile. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and ask questions. You know, and then I might be able to answer a few of them. You know, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was a pleasure to have you, Carl. Uh, we will uh, definitely come to to Stockholm. I assume that's my my hometown. So. Um, I'll please do, please do, and you know I feel like your space could be so. Yeah, I could fit in. So <laughs> you're more than welcome when we come to Berlin. Just trying to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah of course. That, that was it's out of the question. No, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, I've insights or anything. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. Good luck with everything. Yeah, good luck in Gothenburg, and stay tuned until the next next week. <laughs>